737 here on the Morning Rush. We can game home down your Sunday morning like we always do around this time. That is Common's classic, I Used to Love Her. The album, Resurrection, Common Sophomore Effort, turned 25 on Friday, on October 4th, also on my firstborn's birthday. So I knew there was something special about him before, when he got here, but now it even makes it that much more special. And even more special is having Jesse Menendez from La Vida Baseball joining us. Good morning, man. How are you? I'm doing swimmingly. I'm loving the time of year. October, the heat is finally cooled down. <laughs> we're probably clamoring for warm weather, but for me, man, this is right up my alley. Nice. No, I'm a fall baby, so I, I love this. 60, 70 degrees, you can put a sweater on, go outside, and you're good. And also, Absolutely, man. I, I enjoy wearing you know layers, not unlike Capadonna, wearing <laughs> you know, leggings on his arms and his head. You know, all about it, man. All year for Capadonna, arm arm gear, headgear doesn't matter. All season, you know. Exactly. How are you, brother? I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm glad you're taking uh, checking in with us. Uh, obviously, we're huge Common fans. Resurrection is an iconic album that came out on October fourth, nineteen ninety four, on Relativity Records. It was the follow up to his debut, Can I Borrow a Dollar? It kind of introduced this uh, this new re renewed common that we didn't see on his debut. It introduced this uh, jazz uh, sound that was also kind of coming into its own during the early part of the nineties. Gangstar had begun to flirt with using jazz samples. A tribe called Quest began to use yeah. jazz samples, and then Common comes in with the help of No ID and ushers in this uh, this sound as well. That almost is that sort of viewed as like a Chicago sound. Uh, Obviously, the the roots and. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Hadn't gone, hadn't gone uh, global yet or national, but they were making noise in Philly with underground records already that was heavily influenced with jazz. Oh, exactly. And and it seemed like this uh, this new sound kind of gave Common a new battery, or at least it made him slow himself down because he was uh, doing a lot of speed rapping on the first uh, album. Uh, what was your first? Uh, when did you get introduced to this album? Were you one of the one of the few that actually bought it? Because it didn't oh, do very absolutely. well on the charts. <laughs> no, it, it it didn't. But it, you know, at that point, it didn't matter when you were uh, a Chicago kid and you knew that there was a hometown rapper making noise nationally that's all you needed to know back then right i didn't even i mean i was so young i don't even know if i knew what billboard was or if i knew that there was a heat seeker chart all i knew is that this record was dropping and the video for ice the lover was out that's all i needed to know man i loved common can i borrow a dollar um i loved that album um yeah i i, I think it was interesting from uh style perspective that he went from rapping fast to incorporating a lot of weird sounds that he references on this he's like you know that cat with the bye 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 sound since then comments calm down so the first album was i think him experimenting with who he was going to be as an artist and so there was nothing that he wasn't trying out from double timing to incorporating uh repeating words uh, like the so by the pound album version you know he's he, he repeated a bunch of words back to back um, this album, I think, for whatever reason, had him tone all of that down. He found a groove. He found mm. his own voice, if you will. And his style came across as laid back, yet still technically complex, but not in a forced way. He wasn't forcing a style. He was letting it develop. And, yeah, so this was a record that I knew was coming out. I was I was ready to put my 999 down for this. <laughs> I had the tape. Um, I, I want to say a couple of my guys had it on vinyl. We had the video for I Used to Love Her on the VHS, and that's what we used to practice. Uh, if you remember, there was UIC crew, UAC crew in it, breakdancing. Right. 
and I was trying to learn how to break dance. So one of my guys um, had that video recorded and he looped just that one part where they're in the park and right. there's a cat doing beach balls. He just looped it so we could learn how to do the move. But yeah, man, I don't know about how this did out the gate, but what I do know is that me and everyone I knew was anticipating resurrection and we were not disappointed. It is, in my opinion, one of the top 10 greatest hip hop albums of all time. Wow, that's a high acclaim. Um, it, it, the, the, the interesting thing is we talk about sort of ratings in its initial release. The source gave it three and a half mics, but later on when they got to their uh, hundred uh, issue, they listed it as one of the hundred best albums back in 1998. But I think it was one of those kind of cult albums that's like initially when it dropped, obviously it didn't have hum huge commercial fanfare. But as it, like you said, like the tapes and it began to pass around, and people were experiencing the video, and then the the the, the hit single I used to. Lover that started to make waves. I think it just but sort of also, gave this re, uh, renewed focus on it. And and also think about this to to consider an album sale, uh, an album's album sales as whether or not it was good is deceiving, especially for that oh, yeah. time. Though hip hop is absolutely global right now, back then it was still very niche, and New York had a stranglehold on the genre. So if it wasn't coming out of New York, you still had a bias that other states and other cities just didn't know how to do it. Everything that was in New York was seen as an experiment. Oh, these cats in Chicago are trying to rap too? Okay, let's see how that goes. So the fact that it didn't do well early on doesn't surprise me because nothing was going to do well early on because it wasn't coming from New York. It didn't have that cosign. But what Common did do is he muscled his way in. I remember Notorious Big saying that he, he wished that Common was from New York. He was so dope. And that right there goes to show you that there was there was a, a national bias like man he's dope but he ain't from new york so it was held against him but the skill the production everything about it was undeniable the storytelling as hip-hop grew and i think folks became a little more open-minded to other cities and states participating then you saw comments start to get a shine because as i mentioned there's no way that you can hear this album and not think that it was dope Right, absolutely. We're talking with Jesse Menendez about Common Sense's sophomore album, the iconic Resurrection, that turned 25 this past crazy. Friday. That's crazy. Quarter century. He mentioned that, uh, I thought it was kind of interesting, because when I used to love her, obviously the, that uh, Ice Cube felt a certain way about hearing it, and that sort of set off their... He, he was in his feelings, man. He, totally <laughs> he was, he was, totally context, was. Man. The, nobody he, was. Nobody was, was sneak dissing. No, he heard Boys in the Hood, and that was it. It was on. Yeah. Um, but uh, but in the app, I don't know if you had a chance to see like the little five minute Apple documentary he put together for the album, and he kind of mentioned that like the the feeling of hip hop at that time was that the East Coast was talking about hitting six fours because the the West Coast had begun be, begun to take over sort of the hip hop light for a moment with the rise of gangster rap, and he's like, why are people like from different areas doing all this stuff? Like it doesn't make sense that they're not owning who they are. And he, he wrote right. this record as a love uh, love letter to to hip hop, and, and I think that's interesting that you kind of mentioned that how he wasn't from New York, but like he was getting so much love from New York, and then later on we end up seeing him sort of shift to New York to work with all like the Roots and Black Star and the like, form the Soquarians. But but in this given time, like he was still trying to find himself, and he was just kind of like on the outside looking in, and people caught feelings about like why is this outsider critiquing the the real hip hop? I, I thought it was like kind of a bold move. It, no, it, it absolutely was a bold move. But if you remember, that's that's kind of the identity that Chicago had back in the day. We knew that we were in the Midwest. 
we were a flyover state, flyover region when it came to what folks thought about hip hop. There was the West Coast and there was the East Coast, and that was it. Everything else was just, you know, sprinkles on top of a donut, if you will. It didn't <laughs> matter in terms of the ingredients that made the whole. So a lot of cats in Chicago were already commenting on how silly it was that there was all this nastiness taking place on the East and West. If you remember Rhymefest and Juice with This Is How We Chill Part 2, they they had specific commentary. They took shots at all of this, East versus West Coast, um, all of it. They were talking about Atlanta. So it was, it was, it was not uncommon for Chicago cats to kind of add that commentary from an outside perspective because we all felt like we didn't belong to any one of those coasts, which we didn't geographically, but we felt like we weren't considered part of the hip-hop vernacular. So yeah. there's a lot of commentary from Chicago on what was happening in hip-hop. As far as uh, Cube catching feelings, man, that is one of the worst career moves he's ever made. If folks have not heard Common's response, yeah, <laughs> this, is where, this is where you were like, you know, Common's such a lovable, you know, uh, conscious cat, man, did he serve Cube. <laughs> exactly. Cube did not want any of it after that. Common put everyone on notice that, yo, I'm not to be flexed with. And then with Pete Rock on the track, yes. oof. Yeah, exactly. He said, went out to Cali. They showed me love. You know, I was like, oh, yeah. it was fantastic. Yeah, it was a great. That was a great moment for hip hop. Period. Absolutely. <laughs> I want to talk about sort of like the Chicago essence built into this record. So you have a 20, 22 year old common making this album, talking about driving up and down Lakeshore Drive, no sticker on his windshield, no heat, uh, living in his mom's basement, drinking six packs, and going back to get some more. Uh, I, it just I just felt like a 22-year-old who's just still trying to figure out his life and not, not having a lot of means, but just making it, just trying to figure out life in its own context while while making this album. And, and, it, and it feels so Chicago, the, the essence of it is just, just beams out of it even 25 years later. What are some of your favorite moments from the album? I think you already mentioned one, cruising south side streets with no heat and no sticker. You act got my back and we don't get no thicker. So I was I was a graph writer when that album came out. And the fact that he was mentioning UAC crew was, it was wild. Because I think one of the things that a hip-hop artist can absolutely do to ingratiate himself to a fan base is, you, is use reference points that we're all familiar with. So when he's talking about Stony Island and he's talking about the south side going to Great America... Mm, uh, going to marshals and popping tags all those things are things we can relate to because we can visualize where he's at what he's talking about because these are places that we all know so when he's talking about the UAC crew me as a graph writer I'm like yo I know some of the cats from UAC they're bad because if you remember this was a point where hip hop authenticity was absolutely paramount like if you were a rapper you had to know your stuff to be fully embraced by an audience because Hip-hop at that point was still graffiti, breakdancing, DJing, and emceeing. They were all very much the same. So for a cat like Common to embrace the elements and have breakdancers in his video and call out UAC crew, to me was like, yo, this dude is really about it. He knows what's up. And the video for I Used to Love Her, because you remember this is still a part where the aesthetic of hip-hop is coming into its own. Labels were a huge part. We're talking about Tommy Hilfiger, Timberland, Nautica, Maurice Malone, Carl Kanai. Common had on an Adidas tracksuit 
And I remember just seeing him walking around Chicago, downtown Chicago, by the lake with that Adidas tracksuit, right. green Adidas tracksuit. I was like, yo, that is the dopest thing in the world. Common's got an Adidas tracksuit. Because to <laughs> us, that symbolized a nod to breakdancing culture. Because we B-boys and B-girls wore tracksuits, whether it be Puma or Adidas, that was the outfit. And I know it's superficial now to think about an association with authenticity based on labels, but back then it was very much a part. Like that, you know, Common wearing that tracksuit in that video signified to the rest of us that he knew what was up. So those were the moments I think on this album that really captured me as as a listener was the fact that he paid so close attention to all these small details that somebody might not even think to look at, but to the rest of us, they sim it was a tip of the cap. Like, yo, I know y'all out here. I know what's up. No, and I think that the videos were like, well, I saw the videos. I didn't get the album until 97. So right, I, didn't, I didn't listen. How long it took you to collect your allowance? <laughs> <to copy. laughs> I, I think I bought it at Circuit City just to date how <laughs> long ago that was. Now, uh, now, if you got it in 97 and you got the version that just said common. And not yeah, common correct. Sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't the common sense version. No, it was not the version. He had changed his name by time by, by time then. Um, but, the, but I remember the videos uh, vividly. And, you know, like, I used to love her, like, it said Chicago on the record as it's spinning, and or it might have been a Resurrection and video. And the CTA bus token yeah. holding down the needle. I, I think the, re the the Resurrection video really, like, set it off as far as, like, him, I think he's walking through Cabrini Green, he's on the train. You know, he the reference is, like, I don't watch the Bulls no more because they got too many white yeah, boys. Many white boys. <laughs> yep. This At is that like, point, that was, that was, you know, the Jordan era was over. Yeah, the post-Jordan era. Yeah, so it's like it's like all these little moments, uh, and then uh, I think Don uh, Don Juan Bishop is like in the video as well when he's in the bar hanging out. It's like it was just it just felt like like he was either on Sixty Third Street, he was definitely on the South Side. He just for, started feeling the vibe of the city back in '94, and, and it's like it's one of those like just uh, goosebump chilling moments watching it as a kid because you're seeing someone from your part of town representing for you. Where you know we, before then you'd watch the box and just see like oh Biggie or you'd look at the West Coast Dre but it finally felt like you had like a, a player in the game to represent your story and that was like one of the one of those winning moments you know like you can get behind oh absolutely common with all of us you know we would listen to all these cats from the East Coast and the West Coast and we would watch their videos and wonder like man I wonder what hip hop is like out there. Whereas here in Chicago, yeah, we already had a burgeoning culture. We had a crazy b-boy scene and a crazy DJ and graf scene and, of course, MCs. So for him, as you mentioned, to come out and represent us on a national scale, he was absolutely our ambassador. And the fact that he was doing it in a way that made us feel like it was real was even that much better. Like, we knew he was coming from where it needed to come from, and that was the culture. And he was first and foremost putting that on display. He was... He was Exactly. There's, there's the cliche where folks are, like I think it came from Batman. Like he's the hero we need, or <laughs> we need but don't deserve. Common was the hero we needed. Yeah, and, and, and I think. And, I, yeah, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, and he wore that until his next album. <laughs> Did we uh, we had a few minutes left, but I want to talk about like the production and OID and how he sort of ushered in this new sound of like capturing uh, jazz samples and then throwing uh, the 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 boom bap sound behind it and 
people were like, oh, wow, this is really unique in, in a sense that it fits the scope of what the storytelling that Common was doing, and it's something we didn't hear on the first album, and we kind of heard a little bit as it elevated on the, the follow-up, but it just kind of felt in pocket of what No ID uh, was able to to achieve in the, in the sense of the, the album Resurrection, that him re- like coming back in this new form and giving the people something they haven't heard before. Oh, absolutely, man. The production, the, produ- the production on here is immaculate. Now, this is one of those albums I can listen to front to back. Yes. I'm, wondering, <laughs> I'm wondering, as we're in 2019, if that is more a product of the fact that that's what we had to do because <laughs> you weren't going to waste time rewinding a tape or forwarding it, uh, and we didn't all have CDs yet, so you had to listen to it front to back. But the production on this album is spectacular. I mean, you already ran down some of the highlights. But in my own world, uh, nothing to do, communism, orange pineapple juice, this is me, some ish I wrote, maintaining, incredible. And the fact that you had one producer achieving all these different vibes just showed you the type of producer, the type of caliber that uh, No ID is, was, and is. I think you could even hear a little nod to that on Jay Z's 444 uh, story of OJ. You kind of hear that No ID. That, that existed in this album. And it certainly ushered in a sound that was specifically Chicago. His experience, everything that he's gone through, the things that informed him absolutely play out on this album. And it could not be duplicated and you would not find this in any other part of the country because it was specifically to Chicago. Yeah. It's still, like I was listening to it this morning on the way in and it just, it, it just rings, it just feels like this moment in time that's captured, but it still doesn't feel dated to me. Like, because it feels like people are still like dabbling with uh, jazz samples, and but it feels like it's like when the 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 genuine article in a sense that people are still trying to catch up to what they were doing back in '94. I'm gonna say this before we wrap: soul samples, soul beats. Before Kanye was talking about soul beats, and I know P. Rock already cornered the market with that, um, but no ID, a student of Pete Rock you can hear it playing throughout that he was trying to have these instrumentals also speak their own language. Right. Yeah, they're, they're almost like a guest star. <laughs> with, oh, uh, with common, you know, it's like, yep. you, can't, you can't ignore it. Uh, Jesse, man, thank you so much for checking in with us this Sunday morning, man. Uh, no worries, man. I appreciate it. Jesse Menendez from La Vida Baseball joining us. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday with the, with the kids. Yes, sir. I'll be back on next Sunday, and we'll be talking about uh, Little Pump's new single, all right? Let's do uh, it. I got I- some thoughts. It's dope. I'm here for it. All right. It's right. 7.55 here on The Morning Rush. Let's get back into I Used to Love It right here on 88.7 FM. When we get back, we're going to be talking with Jay Davis, Dante Diesel-Williams, and the cast from the upcoming film Stepdads right here on The Morning Rush.